This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. Today, I want to take a little bit of a cut, a little bit of a different thrust, and I want you to focus today on faithful to return faithful to return. Let's read our scripture that we've been talking about over the past several weeks. It's found in the gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to Luke chapter 17, and I'll begin reading at verse 11, 11 through 19. Again, I'm so happy to see all of your smiling faces, and I can even tell that you're smiling with your mask on because your eyes are looking little. So glory to God. I appreciate you so very much. Luke chapter 17, and I'll begin reading at verse 11 in the King James Version. Man, I feel the preach coming on me today. Somebody pray for your pastor that I hold my meal today in the name of Jesus. I feel that prophetic bubbling up over on the inside of me in the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 17 and verse 11 says, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found, they, there are not found that return to give God glory, save this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Today, I want you to, we're going to defy mathematics and we're going to defy calculations today because today we're going to learn that one is greater than nine. One is greater than Nine. As I begin to contemplate and consider this particular story, I had to do some research to learn the significance about these lepers. And even the number 10, there were 10 lepers. 10, that's a significant number. It talks, it speaks to unity. It speaks to togetherness. They found something in common. We know that some of them were Jews and some of them were Samaritans who normally would have nothing to do with one another, but they found a commonality. 
their commonality was that they were outcasts and they were misfits. They were thrown away. They were isolated. They were alone. They were unlovable. And the stench of their decaying flesh would announce their arrival before they got there. Are you listening to me? This leprous condition speaks to the condition of our lives as sinners. When we are in sin, we are the walking dead. Our flesh is decaying and we're on our way to hell. One foot on a banana peel and another foot in hell. That is the condition, the spiritual condition of our lives as sinners. It's almost like leprosy. One of the things that I learned this week about leprosy, not only was it a flesh-eating disease, it was a flesh-eating disease, it also affected your bronchial tubes and it affected your lungs. So when it said that they cried with a loud voice, they had to cry out in unison because their voice would be ashy and raspy and dry. Jesus! So they had to be on one accord. They had to say it together. They had to lift their voices together simply to be heard. Are you listening to me? Another interesting fact that I learned about this leprous condition is that it affected your nerve cells. It affected your nerves. So when your nerves are affected and you have no more feeling in that particular area of your body. 20, almost 27 years ago, I had to have an emergency cesarean to save the lives of Gabe and Gabby, my youngest, my twins. And the incision that they cut to quickly remove the babies to save their lives, I still, 20, almost 27 years later, have no feeling in that area. So I understand when it says that their nerves were affected. They could not feel. That means that, have you ever gotten close to a fire or something? You can feel the warmth of it, so you pull your hand back. Well, they couldn't feel the warmth of it, so they were known to burn themselves. As they were walking along the way, if they stepped on something sharp, they wouldn't even feel the puncture. They would just see the blood flowing. Are you listening to me? We have these, these nerves and these, these pain signals to, to tell us that there's danger and to pull back. Because their nerves were affected, they were numb. They were walking around like the living dead, and they were walking around numb, numb to the things that could hurt them, numb to the things that could destroy them, numb, numb to the things that could destroy them or even kill them. Are you listening to me? The things that they should know better to stay away from, they were numb to those things, and they would often succumb to those things because there was severe nerve damage. Are you listening to me? How many of us, when we were in that messed up state, we didn't have the sense enough because of nerve damage to stay away from things that would destroy us, stay away from things that would hurt us, stay away from things that would destroy our family, destroy our unity. I'm still talking about there was a lion among the lepers, a lion among the lepers. We know that the lion is known for his ferocious roar. He's a symbol of royalty. He's a, a, a symbol of majesty. He's a symbol of leadership. The roaring lion with the ferocious roar. May I submit to you today that we at DFC, we are roaring lions. We are a symbol of 
glory to God of leadership. We're a symbol of majesty. We're a symbol of royalty. And we have a ferocious roar, a ferocious roar of praise, an unbridled, unapologetic, thunderous roar of praise. Come on, somebody ought to just thunder out, God, I love you. Come on up in here with me. We know that leprosy was a death sentence, and the priests declared them unclean. And once they were declared unclean because of their condition, they were supposed to say of themselves, unclean, unclean, unclean. Anybody that came in their vicinity had a right to stone them to death because leprosy is also indicative of a sinful condition deserving to die when you were leprous you were cut off from your companions cut off from your children cut off from your cousins and kinfolks cut off from your colleagues and comrades cut off from your community and cut off from commerce you were reduced now to begging so they we see they had a messed up situation didn't they they were jacked up from the floor up and they stood afar off when they saw Jesus coming. They had social distancing even in Bible days. Are you listening to me? They were social distanced from their family, from their friends, from everything that was special, everything that was sacred to them. But it was something that they found in common, something that they found in common. Let me take a station break right here. Have you ever found something that you have in common when you were back in your B.C. days, your before Christ days? Your before Christ days, you were all hanging with all the weed heads. Because you were a weed head. Ain't nobody going to say amen today. Everybody had a nickel bag. Everybody that you hang with had a bottle. Everybody had some stuff. Are you listening? There was some commonality involved, which it you understand. Are you listening to me? And somebody that wasn't going down the way that you were going down, you, you said that they were a nerd and you didn't want to be bothered with them. Are you listening to me? You wanted to hang with the people that knew how to party all night long. You didn't want to hang with the ones that wanted to go in at 11. You were, the party was just getting started at 11. Y'all not going to come in here with me. Because many of y'all were born saved. I wasn't born saved. Are you listening to me? There was some commonality involved in it. Are you listening to me? I want to remind you to take a composition of your five closest friends. Your five closest friends. And take a composition of your five closest friends. And that's a picture of who you are. If you don't like that picture, you might need to change your company. Are you listening to me? It was something about these lepers. They found something in common. They all were outcasts. Whether they were Jews, Gentiles, or Samaritans, they all were outcasts. They all were unlovable. They all were thrown away. They all were misunderstood. They all were mistaken. They all were misfit. They had something in common. And they all needed healing. This leprous condition, not only did it affect the nerves, but it, uh, it affected the 
flesh would your flesh would be eaten alive by this decaying disease and oftentimes if you put your finger maybe you got something as simple as a splinter in your finger but because you couldn't feel it now it became um, infected and gangrene and before you know it your finger you walking along the way and your finger would just fall off you're walking along the way and your ear would fall off this was a messed up condition can you understand the pain and the isolation associated with this condition? But there were 10 men together, together. They had already heard of Jesus' reputation. They already know that he healed the sick and he raised the dead. And when you were healed of leprosy, it was almost as if you were being raised from the dead. So the Bible said that they together in one accord in unison lifted up their voices and cried out to Jesus, the master, and he asked for mercy upon them. Today, I want you to really get a revelation that one is greater than nine. In an ordinary world, nine is greater than one, isn't it? But today, for today's intents and purposes, one is greater than nine. So we know that they all cried out to Jesus, and Jesus spoke to him. We read the scripture. He said, go and show yourself to the priest, but hold up. You couldn't show yourself to the priest until you were healed. But the Bible says, as they went, as they went, they were healed. May I submit to you today that these leprous men had faith. They had the faith to receive they had the faith to reach for the next blessing. Oftentimes, we keep reaching for the next blessing, and we ain't never thank God for the blessing that we got. These men had the faith to receive. They had the faith to reach, but only one of the nine had the faith to return. The culmination of your faith is faithfulness. The culmination of your faith, faith to the nth degree, the, the, the sum total of your faith is when you are faithful or when you are full of faith. Where is the sum total of your faith today? Do you only have faith to receive? Do you only have faith to reach? Or do you indeed have faith to return? I need you to understand that faithfulness or having this kind of faith is not just a feeling. It's something that must be acted upon. Faith is an action word. Faith requires corresponding action. So the word of God says as they went, that was corresponding action to what they believed. They were healed. They begin to think among themselves. They begin to reason among themselves that I don't see my healing right now. But by the time I get where I'm going, my change will have come. Come on, come on, come on. Who in here believes by the time you get where you're going, your change will have come? You might not have the full-on business today. But by the time you get where you're going, your change will have come. You might not even have nobody that you're talking to or you're dating right now. But you need to have the faith that by the time you get where you're going, 
your change will have come. Come on, come on. Oftentimes, we want to feel like we're part of the one when really we're part of the nine. Because we wait for some big thing to happen before we can have thanksgiving. Come on, come on, come on. We wait for we wait for the big thing. We wait for the spectacular thing before we can offer God a sacrifice of praise. But I need you to remember. I need you to regard and I need you to release a ridiculous praise. Ridiculous, let's go back to our definition. Ridiculous is when something uh, it might be contemptible. It might cause contempt. There might be mockery or ridicule. There may be sarcasm. There may be laughter. It may seem absurd. It may seem ludicrous. It may seem nonsensical. It may seem outrageous. It may seem preposterous. It may seem like it don't make no kind of sense for them to be praising like that. But there is no way that you can really understand my praise unless you understand my pain. You ought to understand where I came from. You ought to understand what I've been through. You ought to understand the valley of the shadow of death that I have walked through in order to understand my ridiculous praise. I remember... After I'd had the twins and they were in critical condition, the doctor said that Gabby only had a 50-50 chance to live and Gabe would die. And I promise you, every day it was another negative report after another negative report after another negative report. It was difficult for me, having just had surgery, to be at the hospital in the neonatal intensive care unit 24 hours a day. And I still had two small children, a four-year-old and a three-year-old at home, TJ and Essence. So I remember my parents graciously came and we lived in the south at that time they graciously came and took TJ and Essence to Michigan with them while I remained in Atlanta to see about my children and I remember and it may have been a little postpartum little uh, hormones or whatever and I remember we lived on the third floor I had just had a baby come on nursing mothers understand your breasts are full of milk ready to feed a baby and out of this all that I have went through I have no babies at all at home with me and I remember standing on the third floor on a beautiful, a beautiful morning, feeling so alone, feeling so isolated. My husband was working. I'm home alone. I'm trying to nurse myself and trying to take care of myself. And I'm trying to pray and this and that and the other. And I remember standing on the third floor and I looked out the window and something said jump. Jump, 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 jump. And I had to grab a hold of myself. I know nobody might not understand that, and many people won't be honest enough to say when the devil has fought your mind with a suicidal thought. But when I remember how the devil tried to steal my life, I can't help but give God a ridiculous. Oh, hallelujah. You could not possibly understand my praise unless you understand my 
pain. Are you listening to me? When you get into this posture and you begin to remember and regard what God has done, you won't mind returning back and giving him a ridiculous shout of praise. You got to be intentional about not forgetting. I'll say that again. You've got to be intentional about not forgetting. I'll say it one more time. You have to be intentional. You have to do it about not forgetting. And just the same way, you got to be intentional with your praise and your worship. It ought to be ridiculous. It ought to be ridiculous. It ought to be ridiculous to people that are looking at you. It ought to be ludicrous to people that are looking. Unless you've ever been in a messed up state of mind, unless you've ever been a misfit, been rejected, been unloved, been isolated, been depressed, been sick, unless you've ever experienced anything like that, you wouldn't possibly understand why we praise the way we praise. Praise is not just who I am is what I do. Are you listening to me? Talking about one is greater than nine because one remembered and returned. Thanksgiving is not just a feeling. It's not just something in your mind. It's something that you literally intentionally have to do. Today, I was in the garage. I was on my way to church. I'm in the garage. I'm getting in my truck. And as I'm getting ready to get in my truck, I realized I left my whole bag, my bag that has my iPad, that has my Bible, and has my Mac. Where did I think I was going? I'm going to church. How do you forget your Bible and your iPad and your Mac and you the preacher? It wasn't that it wasn't important. It was important. But the busyness of everything else, that I, and this is the deal, I got my lunch. I didn't forget my food. I got my lunch. I got me a change of clothes. Are you I got all kind of stuff. I got me some essential oil. I got some stuff. But what I should have had, I'd walked off and forgot. Now, it wasn't that it was important. It was the most important thing that I needed to bring today. But I was so busy thinking about everything else, I forgot. Last Sunday, I put my bag in the middle of the floor, in the, right in front of the door so that I couldn't get around the bag without recognizing it. I put it in a conspicuous spot. Well, then I thought, okay, I got it. I'll remember the next week. I'll remember and I walked off, almost headed to church without my Bible, my iPad, or my Mac computer. It wasn't that it wasn't important. It was that I didn't put it in a conspicuous spot to remind me. Come on. Out of all that God has done, do you understand how long I've waited to come back to DFC to fellowship with my sons and my daughters? It wasn't that it wasn't important. It was important. It was the most important thing I needed to bring with me today. But I messed around and forgot. What if every time 
thought about the goodness of God, I start piling rocks up to remind me. When the children of Israel were de delivered from the bondage of Egypt and they walked through the Jordan, they walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. When they came across on dry ground, they began to stack up 12 rocks. Let's build an altar so that we never forget what God did. Pharaoh's whole army drowned in the Red Sea. But we made it through, we made it through, we made it through. We don't have room to forget. But God Almighty, so let's build an altar. Come on, has anybody ever been sick? And the Lord touched your body. It was the Lord that did that. Come on, Christ is healer. He's not amongst the healers, he is healer. I had a cancer diagnosis. That's almost like a leprous condition. It's almost a death sentence. Some people know what I'm talking about. But when the Lord healed my body, how dare I not build an altar of thanksgiving for all that God has done. Are you listening to me? We've got to remember and we've got to regard, but then we've got to return to give him a ridiculous praise. I'm almost out of time, but let me drop this thought, and I need to take you a little further. Next week, I want to show you where in the Bible, the Bible talks more than 400 times about building an altar, building an altar, building an altar. They build an altar, and they would call this altar Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord provides. Anybody need to build that kind of altar where the Lord has provided for you? He's made a way out of no way, and you don't want to forget what God has done. It's not that it's not important. It is important. My bath was the most important thing that I needed to bring with me today. But just like that, I forgot. And when the Lord brought it back to my remembrance, I just started thanking God in the hot garage. Went in the house rejoicing, dragging my bag on wheels with me, rejoicing and praising God Almighty that I remembered. I remember. Come on, when I think of his goodness, when I think of his goodness, when I think of his goodness and all he's done, I ought to remember, I ought to regard it, and I ought to release a ridiculous praise. As they went, as they went, as they went, they were all going along together. They all had cried out with a raspy voice, voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He said, go show yourself to the priest. They must have had the faith to receive. They must have had the faith to reach. But as they went and they saw that they were healed, it was one that had the faithfulness to return. The culmination of your real faith is when you are faithful. Anybody can snatch up the blessings of God. Anybody can reach for the next blessing from God. But how many of us are faithful? enough to return, remember, regard, and release a ridiculous praise, a praise that just don't make no kind of sense to people that don't, don't understand where God found you and what God did for you and how he touched your mind and how he rescued you from you. Now, this is the thing. I said it was a lion among the lepers, right? It was one that had leadership skills. He remembered 
and he returned, well, what does the leader do? He leads other people. Why didn't they return? Why didn't they return? Why didn't they return? Were they forgetful, reaching for the nets? Well, I just got to get home and see my kids first. After I go to the priest, I got to make sure my business is still intact. Come on. Remember when I told you that when you postpone and you procrastinate praise, it's not praise at all? Because it'll probably never take place. Come on. We've got to be faithful, not just to receive, not just to reach, but faithful to return. Remember, I'm closing right here. Remember in the beginning of the story, the ten men stood together with a unified voice, raspy and ashy. They cried loud to Jesus. But as we see the story, we see that one was greater than nine because one came back with a loud voice. How many of us are guilty like the nine? Guilty of crying out to God, oh Lord, I need a miracle, I need you to bring me out, I need a car, I need this, I need that, I need the other. Oh God, please have mercy on me. Father God, in Jesus' name, please, I believe, I receive it now in the name. How many of us were loud and would cry out without restraint when we wanted God to make a way out of no way for us? When we wanted God to heal our bodies and touch our minds, we cried with a loud voice without restraint. And if somebody had told us to shut up all that noise, bam, we would have elbowed him right in the throat because you don't understand. I need God to show up on my behalf. But now that you've received, now that you're reaching for the next, don't tell me your faith stops there. Your faithfulness should return. It said the man returned. I know they saw him go back. I know he was a leader. I know he had a ferocious word. They made a decision to intentionally postpone their praise. He started off with a loud voice crying out with nine other people with him. But now the one had a ferocious word war, an unbridled roar of worship. The Bible said he cried loud, glorifying God, and he didn't stop there. He fell down on his face, giving him glory, giving him honor, and giving him praise. I believe as he went and he saw himself healed, he remembered when he used to stand over there and beg. How you going to keep going past that and not remember what God did for you? He remembered when his family had to walk past him. He remembered when he saw his cousin and he had to declare, unclean, unclean. He remembered when he saw his little girl and he tried to go near and just get a glimpse of him. People started throwing rocks at him and trying to kill him. So as he went and he saw all of these markers, all of these altars, he intentionally, come on, come on, come on. He remembered, he regarded, and he couldn't help but release a ridiculous praise. The, the end of the story says that Jesus told him, your faith has made you whole. Well, they were all cleansed when they were going on the way, right? But this one got something a little different. He got a little more. One was greater than nine. 
he got something that the other ones didn't get. They were cleansed, so whatever their condition was, if their nose was off, it stayed off, but the leprosy was gone. If their toe was off, their toe stayed off, but the leprosy was gone, so they could still go back to the community, but they went back to the community with the scars of their past. But the one right here, the one that's greater than line, the Bible said he was made whole. So when he, God Almighty, any appendage that was missing, it immediately grew back. Come on, come on, come on. If his nose fell off, he got a new nose. His business was ready for him. His money was back in place. His family was back in place. Everything that he needed was back in place. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. All because he remembered, he regarded, he returned, and he released a ridiculous praise. Can you imagine how ridiculous it got when he saw his toe grow back? I bet that praise got even more ridiculous. When his ear was back, hold up, I got an ear again? I believe it was even more ridiculous when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me soul cries out. My last close, my last close for today, Minister Dana, my last close for today. Jesus said, he says, weren't there 10 that were cleansed? Where are the nine? I can almost hear the healed, whole, former leprous man say, I don't know nothing about them but here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely. You're all together wonderful. You're all together worthy to me. Here I am. Here I am. I don't know nothing about them because all I did had to do was think about it. I saw them markers. I saw the altars. I remembered here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. Did you get anything out of that word today? If you're not saved and you want to be saved, would you say this prayer with me? Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I turn my back on sin. I turn my heart to you. Dear Jesus, take the throne of my heart. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth. Jesus, you are Lord to the glory of the Father. And I am right now born again. You said that prayer for the very first time. We want to mix our faith with yours. We want to pray for you, and we want to put these scriptures in your hand. Inbox us on this Destiny Faith Church page, or you can lift your hand, and we'll put some information in your hand. We just want to pray. We just want to pray. Every day we pray. Every day God answers. Every day we pray. Every day God answers. Not saved. Not sure that you're saved. Maybe you need to get right with God. I love that. I love that appeal because I remember when I wasn't right and wasn't thinking about being right. But one day the spirit of the living God moved on my heart. And even though I wasn't right, I wanted to be right. And at that moment in time, God came into my life and he touched me and my life changed forevermore. If that's you, would you let us pray for you? Every day we pray. 
every day. God. And sister, maybe you need some overcoming power. We'd be pretty cool in church on Sunday morning. We're pretty cool at church. It's when we leave the church house and no one's around that we need real power to overcome. And our for real, for real life, behind the closed door in that dark room where nobody is but you, that's where we need overcoming power. I want to submit to you, my friend, my very best, best friend, the person of the Holy Spirit. He comes with the Bible, evidence of speaking in other tongues, as the Spirit of God gives utterance. Not to make you deep and spooky spiritual, but so that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Spirit of the living God lives big on the inside of you, and he will help you. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church, we're a family.